coming up. Hear all about Rachel's trip to Walt Disney World. Welcome to this week's episode of To the Mouse and Back. Uh, this week, we're really excited to have Rachel on to talk hey, about... Hey, hey, to- hey, hold, hold up, hold up. Yeah. This is my Wait. podcast. Yeah, but you told me that you wanted me to do the interview this time. So I'm doing the interview. Wait, so who's your guest this week? But you're my guest. Like, I'm the host this time. Oh, that's right. That's right. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, this is going to be so fun. All right, we're doing this? Okay. All right. Um, I would like to apologize in advance because, you know, we're recording this like fun little skit intro thing uh, and we've already recorded our interviews. Y'all, this is a long episode. I'm so sorry. I was so excited <laughs> to talk about my trip. And when it's me doing the interviews, I'm like fussing at people and I'm like, you've got to pick up the pace. I'm sorry. This is too much detail. But like when it's me being the interviewee, <laughs> there's nobody to tell me not to do detail. So I apologize in advance. So uh, it's a long episode. I vote we get right to it. Let's do it. All right. Good evening, Rachel, and welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. It's weird to be welcome to my own show. Yes, this is uh, kind of a bizarro evening here at To The Mouse Back Pod. Yeah, but it's it's cool. <laughs> yes. Well, I know that you've been planning this trip to Disney World for a very long time and that you're incredibly excited to talk about it. And I know I'm excited to hear about it. <laughs> to hear about the trip that you're going on. <laughs> Yes, to hear about the trip that I'm going on that you've been talking about nonstop for weeks and weeks and actually months. Yeah, months. Uh, (laughs) But before we dive in and actually talk about the trip, uh, could you tell me a little bit about your Disney history? Yeah, what a great question, Mike. (laughs) Um, I can tell that you have diligently listened to every episode of this podcast. Um, Yeah, so some of the people who've listened to the previous episodes have heard a little bit about it, but I went to Disney World a couple times as like a really, really little kid, a couple times with my family again in middle school and then I went once in high school with our music group I actually got to I played the cello and my orchestra performed a little Christmas concert in Tomorrowland and uh, because I was first cello they put a mic on my cello and um, so all of the first chairs were kind of like piped throughout Tomorrowland so um, you know so you got to hear hear my music like that Um, so you're world famous World famous D- tomorrow, Disney, like, Disney World, Disney world famous. world yes. Famous. <laughs> um, and uh, and I went once in college, and then um, yeah, our first trip was last year with the girls who were three and a half and eight months old at the time, and it was a lot of fun. But my travel agent, bless her heart, you know, before we left, she was kind of trying to like get my expectations set a little bit more appropriately because I kind of had the like you know in like the Disney World commercials where like there's always like a little kid who's like staring and wonder at the castle and like the parents come up behind them they give them a big hug and everybody's just like yay and like that's kind of what I thought our trip was going to be like and it was exactly like that except (laughs) instead of staring at the castle and wonder she was throwing a temper tantrum and instead of coming up behind her and hugging her I was laying on the floor crying in the fetal position so it was, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. So like other than that, it was like dead on. So um it was definitely kind of interesting to like really reset my expectations of what is it like going to Disney World with young kids who you know, it doesn't matter that you spent thousands of dollars on this vacation, they're still kids and they still need their sleep cycles and they still need to go to bed early and they still need to not get over hungry and overstimulated and like all of those things are going to happen and it's hot and, you know, like it was just a lot. So, um, yes, real, real life doesn't stop just because you're 
at Disney for the week. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then you and I went in May, which was super fun, um, minus the trip to the emergency room. Um, yes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so then I've been tri- I've been planning this trip. I mean, we've been doing some of it together, but yeah, I've mostly been doing the heavy lifting myself. And um, I mean, it's one of the reasons I started this podcast because I was like, hmm, no one will listen to me talk to the to, about my trip like in this level of detail. So like, who will listen to me? Oh, Chrissy Disney people on the internet. They're just like me. They'll listen to my trip. So I started a podcast and then I interview <laughs> other people too. So yes, it seems to me that you get a lot of enjoyment out of planning Disney trips. Um, so I'm very happy to kind of be the one to stand back and to let you kind of take the lead on figuring out, you know, dining reservations and what days we're going to be at what park and, you know, early morning magic and which days make the most sense to be where and all that kind of stuff, because I feel like you love doing that. And uh, that's definitely not my strong suit. So it works out very well for us. Yeah, it does. It's it's a good way to kind of delegate the work. I do yes. the work and you do the enjoyment. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it works out pretty great for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of which, I can't even believe I'm really asking this as a question, but uh, what is your planning style? Do you like to kind of play it fast and loose and play it by ear once you get in the parks? Or are you the kind of person who's more likely to be getting up 60 days in advance to make those dining reservations and planning everything out on a spreadsheet? So my mom, I used to call her the vacation Nazi when we were kids because she was like when we went to Disney World, she was like, okay, we are going to be up at 630. We're going to be on the bus by seven o'clock. We're going to and I was like, mom, we're on vacation. I just I wanted to be like, let's just chill. Let's do whatever. But now that I know how much money this trip is costing, um, I definitely understand it a little bit more. I'm not really like this on every type of vacation. I mean, we're going on a Norwegian cruise next year and the um, reservations open up 90 days in advance. And I'm like, oh, like the idea of trying to figure out where we want to eat when 90 days in advance of that is really stressing me out because, you know, on a cruise, I just kind of want to sit back and relax. But on a Disney trip, I definitely feel like I want to have more structure in place. Now, our trip last year really taught me that we can't have too much structure. You know, I went in with like touring plans and everything and like, I mean, I, I added it up and we were there for six days and I think we wrote a total of 12 things. Of course, several of those we wrote like four or five times. Um, but we, I really kind of had to just like throw my expectations away and go a little bit with like, what are the kids feeling up to with that said, I don't think you can go in with no plan at all because then you just kind of like show up and you just are following the crowds, which means you're always in the crowds. And it, it definitely helps to have those dining plans figured out, you know, try to make a pretty good estimation of, you know, which parks are not going to be super busy, try to be there, you know, so trying to have a plan in place, but being willing to just like, throw it out the window, if it's not working with how everybody's feeling. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I I'm, I'm glad that you have that approach because I feel like that's the perfect uh, way to to approach it, especially with younger kids. Um, because I think it's a recipe for disaster if you have no plan, but you have to be willing to be flexible and kind of roll with the punches. Yeah. So who all is going on this trip? Uh, which kids are we taking? Well, I guess we should take both of them. Um, so we <sighs> <You> assist. <laughs> so uh, our five-year-old Madison and our two-year-old Eleanor. Okay, awesome. And you, I guess you can come too. Oh, I get to come too. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> uh, and what days are we going? What day should I get? What should I be requesting off work here? <laughs> so we're going to be going Saturday, December first through Saturday, December eighth. So it's going to be a total of seven nights. How did you decide seven nights and where are we going to stay? 
So last time we did six nights and I kind of liked what we did last time. We got there on a Sunday and we left on a Saturday. So it was nice that we had um, a weekend day on either end of the trip to get ready and then to recover. I decided this year to try to go an extra night because when you look at, you know, adding an extra day of tickets and stuff like that, like it's really just such a small amount. I mean, adding an extra day of tickets for all four of us, uh, well, Eleanor's free, but so for all three of us, I want to say it was like 20 bucks when you get to that point. I mean, it's a really small amount of money. So yes, obviously you're paying for another night of the hotel and another night of food, but we've already paid for the plane tickets and everything. So it felt like let's do one more night. Let's try to do a solid week. And, you know, we'll be able to tackle a little bit more when we're there. Um, the date itself was actually recommended by our travel agent who we've used on our last three trips. Um, she said that going the first week of December is one of her favorite times because you're not there for those crazy crowded um, holiday days, you know, both especially with Christmas and New Year's, but even Thanksgiving and the week of Thanksgiving. Um, so you're kind of in between that. Schools haven't let out yet. So yeah, like there's still crowds there, of course, because it's Disney World and there's always crowds, but you're not contending with the out of school crowds and the holiday decorations are up and the weather's a little bit more tolerable. So it was um, just kind of all signs pointed to it was a really good time of year for us to go. Okay, awesome. And uh, what about the specific resort? Which, uh, which resort are we staying at? So we're staying at the Contemporary. I really went back and forth on this. We had originally booked at Wilderness Lodge, and we had a room there that was one of the ones that has like bunk beds. And it occurred to me, this is going to work a lot better when our younger one's not in a crib anymore. So we decided to switch over to Contemporary. But Wilderness Lodge, especially around the holidays, is on my bucket list because everybody says that it's beautiful. But the Contemporary will be nice because it's walking distance to the Magic Kingdom, which is where we're going to spend, honestly, most of our time on this trip. Yep, definitely. I'm, I'm really excited about the Contemporary that, you, that we finally settled on. Just to give uh, the, your listeners kind of an insight, assuming you leave this in your podcast, I think you must have changed your mind like 17 times Hush. about what we were going to stay Hush. At. He's lying. It wasn't 17. It was 16 it was, at the most. It was Wilderness Lodge and uh, Polynesian and Contemporary. And I, I think there was like one or two others that we even considered. Uh, and I know, I know there was one like span of two weeks where you, you every two days or you know, every two or three days, you were like, I, I think I want to change uh, you know, to this one or that one. Lies. Uh, but I, I'm glad that we finally settled on Contemporary because I'm really excited about that. All lies. <laughs> yeah, I changed my mind a lot. <laughs> my poor um, TA or my poor travel agent, you know, I was I would email her and be like, I think I want to change to this. And she's like, just tell me when you make up your mind. So. <laughs> cool. So um, we've got seven nights and eight days in the, in the parks. Um, so how did you decide what we're going to be doing during those uh, days that we're there? So I went through and um, was really trying to find the best day to be at each park and get an idea of kind of, you know, what made the most sense. What I ended up doing essentially is uh, I used primarily the touring plans website. So I have a I have a subscription to touring plans. I think it was $15 for the year and it gives you, you know, really detailed crowd calendar, including a park by park estimate for crowd levels. So I use that to try to get an idea of which parks were likely to be the least busy. What that primarily has you do is avoid all of the extra magic hour parks. Um, when we went last time, we did go with the extra magic hour ones, you know, theoretically to give us some extra time in the parks. But with young kids, it's just not possible to get there by 8 a.m. And then, you know, so we would be getting there at like 
eight thirty, nine, nine thirty. But then you've got all these extra crowds because you have all these people who either were there on time or did the exact same thing we did. They said, Oh, we're gonna go to Magic Kingdom because it's open an hour early and we'll get extra time, but then they can't get themselves moving, so they're getting there late too. So you're dealing with all these extra crowds. So we decided this time to really avoid that and um try to make sure we were at the least busy park. So we have one day at Animal Kingdom that's really only going to be about a half day or two thirds of a day. We have half a day at Hollywood Studios. There's just not a lot at Hollywood Studios right now. So we mm-hmm. did not allocate a lot of time to that. We've got two days at Epcot. And then all the rest of our time is at Magic Kingdom. Most of that's going to be just, you know, regular park time, but we're also going to the Christmas party. And I mean, if you look at our schedule, for the most part, I actually don't even have parks planned in the evenings. Most of our days, I have the mornings planned, and then I maybe have a dinner in the evenings, but we've kind of left it a little flexible because we just don't really know what the kids are going to be up for. So I didn't want us to be overly committed in the evenings. Okay. So you said that we've really prioritized the Magic Kingdom with our schedule, you know, in terms of spending most of our days there. What are some of the highlights uh, at the Magic Kingdom that you're the most excited about? Man, I wrote these questions. You'd think I'd be more prepared for them. Um, (laughs) So, well, so first of all, I know this is ridiculous, but I'm really excited about Columbia Harbor House. Um, I just think, (laughs) hush, you're going to hear that a lot of these highlights are food related. Um, I just think that Columbia Harbor House is like, it's one of the best quick service on property. And um, they have lobster rolls there, which I'm sure I could get like six other places in the area here, but there's just something about eating them at the Magic Kingdom that's awesome. Um, So I'm excited about that. We do have a fireworks dessert party and this is not on a Christmas party night. This is on a regular, um, just a regular park night. I really wanted the wanted especially our older daughter to see Happily Ever After. She's never actually seen yes. any fireworks shows because she's never she's not she hasn't really been old enough to stay up late on Fourth of July, and you know so every time she sees fireworks on TV or whatever, she's like I really want to see fireworks, but she's really noise sensitive also. So what we decided to do is. I wanted to have a really, really good seat because I'm hoping that if she can really see the castle really well, that that'll kind of distract her from, you know, any like overwhelmingness of, you know, of the fireworks and whatever. We also have the kind of noise canceling, not noise canceling headphones, but like the noise protection thing for both girls um, Mm -hmm. in case the fireworks are too loud. So... I wanted to have a good spot, but I really didn't want to devote, like, I didn't want to get there two hours early to save a spot because that's just not going to work with a two-year-old. Like, I can't just, like, tell her, just sit still, sweetie, for two hours. She's not going to be like, okay. So we thought if we did the dessert party that, first of all, it would mean we would have kind of a reserved area to watch it from. And then it would be something fun that we could do as far as, like, you know, eating desserts and stuff like that. So... We just, so we're doing the dessert party one of the nights that we're there, and I'm super, super excited about that. And then actually the night after that, we are doing uh, Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party, which I have not done before. So I'm really excited about that. And it's going to be neat because one of Madison's friends who she's known since she was nine months old, their family had to move to Florida. And they're actually going to be meeting us there for that party night. So that'll be a lot of fun that the girls will get to spend the evening together. So yeah, I think that's what I'm most excited about at Magic Kingdom. On top of that, if Madison were here, I think she would tell you she's excited to meet princesses. She seems yes. like she's like really excited about the characters this year. Last year, she was pretty overwhelmed by them. But 
Um, so we'll kind of have to wait and see how she really does. But she like everything she's talking about is just meeting, meeting characters and meeting princesses. So um, I think she's going to be excited about that. And fingers crossed that she doesn't get, you know, so scared that she can't enjoy it. Yeah, I hope so. I hope the excitement that she's showing here translates into her still being excited, you know, when we're actually there. Yeah. Because uh, it's going to be really awesome if she has that same level of excitement. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. All right. Well, how about Epcot? What uh, What are some of the things you're excited about with Epcot? Um, so I'm really excited about eating at Garden Grill because Garden <laughs> yes. Grill for so it's Garden Grill for breakfast and it's amazing. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> um, so we have a pre park opening reservation. So um, I'm excited about eating there, and then I'm also excited about we should be able to go downstairs and queue up for Soren if we finish up before the park actually opens. So Eleanor, our younger one, is not tall enough to ride it, but our older one is. So I have my fingers crossed that she's going to ride it and really like it because I think if she, so she, our, she's kind of, she's kind of a timid kid with a lot of stuff, but you know, when we really kind of like nudge her a little bit and get her to do stuff, she tends to really enjoy it. So I'm hoping that she can kind of get over any fear that she has. And because I think that Soren is just going to be an awesome thing that I think she'll love. Mm-hmm. And then I we do have reservations at Akershus, one of the nights that we're there, which I'm excited about because uh, princesses. We we do also have a reservation at Cinderella's Royal Table, but I've decided to drop that. I just don't think it's worth two table service credits. Mm-hmm. And Akershus will be like a new thing we can do. Plus, Belle is at Akershus, and she's not at Cinderella's Royal Table. So right, and like you said, we did Cinderella's Royal Table last year. So yes, yeah prioritize the new experiences. Yep, absolutely. Um, cool. Yeah, and then um, getting to meet Anna and Elsa and Mulan at Epcot, I think will be pretty fun for Madison. Definitely. Awesome. Uh, how about Hollywood Studios? So Hollywood Studios, we're going to be doing the early morning magic there, one of the morning that we're there. So that starts at 7.30. I have no idea how realistic it is to think that we'll actually like <laughs> be there that early, but we're going to try it. Um, but my hope, honestly, so the day that we do that is the day that we have the dessert party at Magic Kingdom at the end of the day. So being at Hollywood Studios at 7.30 and then also being awake at the end of the day for fireworks is going to be impossible if we don't get the girls a nap. Frankly, it's going to be impossible if I don't get a nap. So <laughs> my plan that day is that we'll be able to do Hollywood Studios early. And so the early morning magic is Toy Story Land is open. So we should be able to meet Buzz and Woody and Jesse and then be able to ride Slinky Dog Dash and um, Aliens Rolling Saucers and Toy Story Mania and then get some breakfast. And then at that point, it should be, you know, around 930. And the girls are not tall enough for Rock and Roller Coaster. There is no way we're getting our five-year-old on uh, Tower of Terror. Like that would just be a recipe for disaster. (laughs) Um, Even Star Tours, I think is going to be too intense. So really all that leaves is shows. And our two-year-old can't sit through shows. So my plan at Hollywood Studios is to do the early morning magic, get our breakfast, then go hit up a couple of characters, um, possibly Olaf, possibly the Disney Junior characters, you know, Sophia, Doc McStuffins, 
So like I'm planning that we'll just kind of like hop around and meet some of those characters while all of the other families, my hope is that they're like rushing to Toy Story Land there in the beginning of the day. So if we can hit a couple of those characters and then leave, like if we can be leaving by 11 o'clock, I'll be happy and then go back to the hotel, get some lunch and put those kids down for a nap so that they can enjoy the fireworks that night. Awesome. And then finally, how about the uh, Animal Kingdom? What are some of the highlights there? Um, So Animal Kingdom, we have about two thirds of a day. And so the day that we go to Animal Kingdom, we have reservations to see Hoopty Doo that night at four o'clock. Madison says she wants to ride Expedition Everest. Frankly, I'll believe it when I see it, but (laughs) we have watched like the point of view videos on YouTube of that ride, like 20 times. And she's so excited to see the Yeti. Like she keeps talking about how she wants to see the Yeti. So again, I'll believe it when I see it, but if she actually rides Everest, then like that's going to be adorable. I'm also excited about the safaris. The safaris are just awesome. I wasn't even going to try flight of passage because although Madison's technically tall enough for it, it just didn't seem like something I thought she would really enjoy. So what I had done is I had gotten fast passes for all four of us to ride Navi River Journey. But then I felt like I really wanted to let you ride Flight of Passage because I have vertigo and motion sickness issues. So I don't know that I'm even going to attempt Flight of Passage, but everybody says like that it's just like this incredible attraction. So I was eventually able to switch one of our Navi River Journey Fast Passes to a Flight of Passage Fast Pass. So I'm excited for you to get to ride Flight of Passage and to see what you think of it. Yes, I'm very excited and very grateful for that. Yeah, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. And then we have a couple of kind of non-park things that I am excited about. So uh, I did mention Hoopty Doo, which we have not done Hoopty Doo before. So I'm really excited to try Hoopty Doo. And then um, we have two days that we've kind of planned some late morning. So the morning after the fireworks and the morning after the dessert party, we don't have any parks planned that morning because it's possible the kids are going to wake up at 5 a.m. because sometimes when we put them to bed late, they wake up early because karma. <laughs> but, you know, if they if they do actually have the desire to sleep in a little bit, I wanted to give them that option. Or if they're just like super grumpy, I just wanted, you know, to not have them be around other humans for a little bit. So both of those mornings, I have some fun later morning dining reservations. So that Thursday morning after the fireworks, we have reservations for Ohana for breakfast, which Madison loves Lilo and Stitch. So I think that'll be a lot of fun. And then the next day we have later breakfast reservations at Trattoria Al Forno with Rapunzel and Flynn Rider and Ariel and Prince Eric. So I think those will be really neat kind of different things for us to be able to try. So I'm excited about those too. Awesome. Cool. Well, it sounds like you've got a really uh, solid plan going into the trip. Yeah, we'll see. I My two-year-old is kind of my wild card right now. Like, I'm sorry, our two-year-old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, she, I just, I don't know what to expect with her. Like, I, she may just be like an absolute trooper and just be like loving everything and so happy. Or she may just be a screaming little nightmare who does not want to ride in the stroller and does not want to do anything that we want her to do. Like, I really have absolutely no idea. Um, so, uh, she's, she's my, she's, she's the Russian roulette of this trip. (laughs) I think that's a very apt metaphor too, because I really think that it's one of those things that it could go either way, like either any, on any given day. It really could be either way. 
in the reaction. Really? And it's any given hour. Like right, yes. she can be <laughs> in this like perfect, amazing mood. And then like she shows you something and says help and you help her and she just like loses it and like falls to the ground because when she says help, she actually meant don't help me. Like I want to do it myself. <laughs> and how could we not know that that's what she meant? So um, yeah, so it's, it's a difficult age. I think it's probably just going to be a mixed bag with her and, you know, some, some periods of time are going to be super fun and some of them are going to be very trying, but you know, um, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger, all that fun stuff. So. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> cool. Well, I know you're really excited to go on the trip. I'm excited to go on the trip too. And I also can't wait to come back and talk about it afterward. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Thanks so much for this interview. You're such a great interviewer, Mike. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show. <laughs> All right, thanks. Bye. Bye. Welcome back, Rachel. I can't wait to hear all about your trip. Thanks. I can't wait to tell you all about it, which is going to be interesting because you were on the trip with me. Naturally, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to remind you of all the things that we did because I took notes every night like a crazy person. Yes, meticulous notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Though some of them are less meticulous. Like the first couple of days are pretty meticulous. And by the last couple of days, I was like, I, we went to Epcot. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, so we'll right. see as we go. Well, uh, kind of first off, how did it overall, like what, what, were, what were your impressions? How did it go overall? You know, I feel like it went really well. I mean, I know after we went in April of last year, there was a lot of disappointment. I mean, it was still a great trip last year, but, you know, Madison was three, Eleanor was eight months old, and, like, the trip was nothing like I had imagined it would be. Like, it was way more temper tantrums, and, you know, by, like, the, what, like, the fourth day, we were just like, you know what, whatever. Like, what do you want to ride? That's fine. You want to ride Dumbo right. five <laughs> times? Who cares? <laughs> yeah. Um. But I just, I felt like this trip, was just a lot closer to that like perfect Disney trip that I had in mind. And the like the kids were just, they were, they were really good overall. Right. And I mean, there were still temper tantrums, but it was nothing like what it was the first time around. And I think maybe part of that was that we were, we were going into it with different expectations, but also that they just both did a lot better than they did on our first trip for sure. Yeah. And like the temper tantrums we did have to deal with were like, you know, a short term thing and, maybe it was just because they were tired, you know, they kind of had like an off evening. It wasn't just like, okay, today is going to be one giant temper tantrum where you're going to refuse to do anything. Like there was none of that. Right. Yes. So. Yeah, it was all short lived kind of thing. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess let's just kind of dive right in and start going through the trip day by day. Yeah. So our first day, uh, December 1st, our arrival day, luckily we had a direct flight. So it was a little interesting because we didn't have a stroller. We, you know, had one from kingdom strollers that was delivered to the hotel but we didn't have one in the airport so like trying to drag the kids through the airport was was a little tough but i think getting to magical express was our first like we so we've never used magical express before and i don't really know that i had any specific expectations did you have expectations of what that process would be like I expected it to be magical. Yeah. <laughs> or or express and like or express. And neither of those were true. It was like monotonous a uh, long time. Like that's what it should have been. <laughs> like that's what they should call those buses because I mean I think it took us 20 minutes just to get through the like cluster line of like getting to somebody who can scan your magic band to tell you which additional line to go through. Like just doing that was mm -hmm. like awful. 
Yes, agreed. <laughs> yeah, and then they're like, okay, go stand in that line. So then, and like our kids had just been stuck on an airplane, so they want to run around, run around or sit down. Like they want to do either of those two things and they can't do either of them because we have to just stand in a line. So that was, uh, I mean, like it wasn't as bad as it could have been. I mean, I think in total it was about an hour from maybe closer to like 45 minutes, somewhere in that time frame from getting to the Magical Express area, which is like, you have to walk, I don't know, seven or eight football field lengths to get, just to get there. It probably wasn't that far, but it felt that far trying to take a two-year-old and a five-year-old. Yeah. And then to actually like get on the bus. And then once we get on the, once we got on the bus, we had to go to Wilderness Lodge first and then the Contemporary. So it was about four o'clock and our flight had landed about two and it was about four o'clock when we got to the Contemporary. So it wasn't as bad as it could have been. No, it wasn't, but I I definitely had in my mind, I expected that it was going to be like, okay, get off the plane, walk over here, you know, get on a bus and go straight to the hotel. And it definitely was not that. Yeah. I don't think I'll use Magical Express again, honestly. Like if we're already spending that much money on our vacation, I think I would probably, I mean, the reason we did it is because we wanted people to deal with our luggage for us and Mm -hmm. not have to deal with it. But if we had hired like a private transportation car, there are some that will come to baggage claim with you and help you get your luggage. So I think next time we'll just do that. But, you know, it could have been worse. Yeah, absolutely. So I had fast passes that started at about 3.30. And then, you know, so that first one was active until just after 4.30. And it was a little frustrating because we missed even like the grace period because fast passes have a 15-minute grace period on the end of them. We missed that grace period by like six minutes. Yeah. So we didn't get to ride Little Mermaid, which I wish now that because there wasn't a person there at the Fast Pass entrance, which there usually is. Um, I wish that I had kind of just found somebody and explained the situation and they more than likely would have let us in. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, it was fine because by that time our Dumbo fast pass had become active. So Dumbo ended up being our first ride that we rode, which was fun. And then we mobile ordered Columbia Harbor house, which was like a super easy process. Yeah. I was, I was uh, definitely surprised myself by how easy that was. Um, cause unlike you, I don't listen to all the, all the Disney podcasts and I hadn't really heard as much about it before. Uh, I was kind of expecting it to be much more difficult than it was and, and maybe even to be more popular than it is. Like I was definitely surprised every time we did the mobile order that how there was like no line when we got there. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them, some of the mobile order um, situations we dealt with were a little less easy, but this one was super straightforward and I love Columbia Harbor house cause it has that upstairs area. So you were able to just like take the kids upstairs and get a spot to sit while I got the food downstairs. So that worked really well. Yeah. And then we went and met Rapunzel and Tiana. I will say that was definitely a good use of a fast pass because that night at Magic Kingdom, I saw a tweet online of somebody, an Orlando local who went to Magic Kingdom that night. So it was a Saturday night, which during the holidays, Saturdays are non-party days. So it's the only weekend day that there's not a party. So it was just like insane. And he said it was like New Year's Eve level crowds. It was like shoulder to shoulder people, especially in Fantasyland. And for some reason, that space as you're walking between Peter Pan and It's a Small World, and you're kind of going from Fantasyland into Liberty Square, that area, they literally had people with signs that was like, walk on this side, you walk on this side, like trying to like, keep a flow of people. It was awful. It was the busiest I think I've ever seen Magic Kingdom. Yeah, same same here. I was gonna say like, definitely way busier than anything I'd seen in any of our other trips. 
Yeah, so it was it was crazy. So the um, princess wait was like it was more than an hour. So having a fast pass for it definitely was really good. But we did a pretty good job of trying to make sure we were back to the room not too terribly late because that was a mistake we made on our first trip. That the first night we just didn't correctly estimate how long it would take because we were out of animation to like get the bus, get back to the resort, get dinner, get back to the room. So we were back in the room by like seven. I was a little frustrated because two of our three suitcases from our flight were there. The last one didn't get there until about eight, which was six hours after our flight landed. And luckily I had pajamas and stuff like that for the kids. So we had been able to, you know, get the kids ready, but Magical Express is not perfect, but we we did eventually get all of our luggage. Of course, one of the wheels had broken off of one, but I don't blame Disney for that. Right. (laughs) But yeah, so we had the kids in bed by 8.15 and they were asleep by nine, which I was a little nervous because this was our first time sharing like a regular hotel room to all sleep in. And so we had Madison on the day bed and Eleanor in a crib and um, they were, so they were asleep by nine and they like actually slept through the night. So I was happy with that. So it was an exhausting first day, but it was good. Yeah. I was pleasantly surprised by that as well, that that they did do so well with with the sleeping arrangement. Um, But yeah, it was an exhausting day. And I don't know about you. We we actually haven't talked about this this much, but uh, I definitely at this point in the trip was starting to wonder like, is this, is this actually going to go well? (laughs) Because, (laughs) because it had been such an exhausting day and Magical Express hadn't gone well. And, you know, the kids had no energy for any of the things we really did that, that first night. And, you know, we got back and, you know, like you said, we were missing a suitcase and wheel was broken off one of the other ones. And I just, I I was feeling kind of overwhelmed and stressed and like not sure that the trip was going to go well (laughs) at this point. See, whereas for me, our first trip with the family last April, so it was our first day, um, we drove. So we had left at 3 a.m. I had been awake since 1.45 a.m. after going to bed at 12.15 a.m. So I'd only gotten an hour and a half of sleep. And But I was just like too excited. So I had gotten hardly any sleep. We'd been in the car. It took us 12 hours to drive there. We got there. We took the bus to Magic Kingdom. And again, like I said, we completely underestimated how long it would take. So, I mean, it was like... 8.30 before we were even back in the room, we were trying to have the girls share the living room. And you and I were in the um, the like bedroom part of the suite. And Eleanor, at that point, her bedtime was like 6.30. So it's like 8.45. And she is screaming because she's overtired. Madison is crying because she's in the room with Eleanor and Eleanor is screaming. I am exhausted because I'm going on an hour and a half of sleep. And I was laying in our bed crying, going, why (laughs) did I think this was a good idea? I do remember that very vividly. (laughs) Yes. So that was our first day of that trip. So like this one, I'm like, we have two thirds of our luggage and the kids aren't like shrieking. This is a great day. (laughs) So (laughs) I, I, I was, I was actually starting to be like, maybe this won't be as terrible as the last trip. (laughs) So yeah, by comparison for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So how did the second day go? So second day, um, the morning was Magic Kingdom and the um, evening was Epcot. So Eleanor woke up at 6.04 a.m., which was early, but I was worried it was going to be like four o'clock in the morning that she was going to wake up and be ready to go. So we were actually able to like kind of gradually get up and get moving. And uh, Magic Kingdom had a nine o'clock opening and we were there by 8.40 which Mm -hmm. I was very happy with. 
it, you know, helped that we were walking distance. I loved being walking distance to the Magic Kingdom. Yes, that was really, really awesome. Yeah, like that was far and away my favorite thing about the contemporary is um, just being close enough that we could, you know, it was like a 10 minute walk, maybe 15 if we, you know, went really slowly. So, so yeah, so it was really nice that we didn't have to get on a bus or the monorail or anything. So we were in Magic Kingdom by 840. We had be our guest breakfast reservations that morning, but not till 950. So the kids were a little hungry. So we stopped at Main Street Bakery, aka Starbucks, and got some coffee and a couple of treats for the girls. So being at Magic Kingdom at Rope Drop is amazing. Yes, that's true. After the night before was just like, you know, wall to wall people. Madison wanted to ride Ariel because we hadn't gotten to ride it the day before. So we, you know, kind of cut through like the edge of Fantasyland around teacups and we're kind of going behind uh, Seven Doors Mine Train. And we turned that corner and there were no humans anywhere. There's just like a straight it shot was amazing. up, yeah, like between Seven Dwarves and Ariel, and like you know towards Gaston's uh, tavern. There's like there's no people. Like it was such a change from the day before. So I know that you know lots of people aren't morning people and whatever, but man, getting there early, especially like I have anxiety, and I hadn't really kind of been able to put my finger on how much that affected me until I was listening to our friend Danny um, has a podcast called Average Disner. Danny's been on the show a couple times and. And he and his girlfriend did an episode about dealing with anxiety when you're in the parks. And I listened to that just a couple days before we went on our trip. And it is so true. And like when, you know, the night before when there were so many people, I just like felt like the world was constricting around me. And being there when there are so few people, that's not an issue. So that was really, really nice. So we rode Ariel. And then we rode Ariel again, because of course. <laughs> right. Beer guest breakfast. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this as well, because a lot of this stuff, like, you know, we talked high level at the end of the day, but we didn't like dissect it at this level. So it'll actually be kind of cool to hear what you think. Um, yeah, I thought I th so like the experience as a whole, the food was good, but we had had dinner there on our last trip. And I have to say the like quick service nature of breakfast was it was kind of just a little like chaotic to me. It was definitely chaotic. Like even just like from the moment we got there that it wasn't clear where to go and there was no one really directing us and there were just, you know, tables everywhere with people sitting. Finding a table was awful. Like we had to go, there was nothing in the main like ballroom area. There was nothing in the West Wing. There was one table that they were clearing off in the like library or whatever that's called. So we had to just kind of wait for that. So, I mean, it was just, and, and this was 9.50. So like, you know, it's not even like 9 a.m. right as the park is opening. I don't know. And then the food took a while to get there. So the food itself was really good. And, you know, we were on the dining plan. So it was a really good value for a quick service credit. And actually what we did there's no differentiation between kids meals and adults meals with quick service credits. There is for table service, but not for quick service. And because we have a two-year-old, she is Mickey's guest, if you will. And so, you know, we didn't have to pay for tickets and we didn't have a, a dining plan for her. But if we had wanted a separate meal for her, we would have had to just use one of our credits or pay out of pocket for it. So we just got three adult entrees we got two of the like Gaston's feast and then another one with the like cronut or whatever and between that and the plate of pastries that you get we just kind of split that four ways so I felt like it worked really well and I thought the food was really good it did yeah and the food was really good but going back for a moment to what you were talking about 
Um, I do also think it's interesting that we, we haven't talked about a lot of this stuff in detail. Um, so what I was talking about with it being chaotic when we got there and, and like you said, that we had to go through like the three different rooms to finally find one free table. I don't know about you, but I definitely compared it in my mind to when we took our trip earlier this year uh, and we went to Universal, how good a job they did at all the restaurants like in the Wizard, Wizarding World of Harry Potter and I think elsewhere in the park too, but definitely in the Harry Potter section that every restaurant we went into, there were always like multiple people stationed around that would help you find a table and they would like be using hand signals and like signaling to one another. And you know, you'd, you'd walk in and within like five seconds, you'd have someone pointing you to an empty table. Yeah. And by comparison, we, we were walking around dragging two kids for like five minutes trying to find a free table. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with that. And it's really interesting how like Disney and Universal, like some areas, the service at Universal is so much better. Some areas, it's so much better at Disney. But yeah, that's definitely a place where I felt like Disney failed. And I mean, when you're there paying out of pocket, you're spending $28 for an entree, which is just like insanity. You know, if you're there with a family of four, you're paying $100 for breakfast and yeah. for a quick service. You don't have somebody waiting on you. Like, so yeah, having a little bit more service and just kind of like helping you get settled and stuff, even if they're not going and like, you know, refilling your drinks and all of that. Like, I feel like there's more they could do there to make that experience a little bit better. Absolutely. So then the rest of the morning was Magic Kingdom. Um, we did a lot of splitting our fast passes where, um, and some people do this to kind of game the fast pass system. But for us, it just, we have one child who's tall enough to ride most things and another child who's not. So we didn't really use this as a way to like game the system. I'm using air quotes when I say game, like any of you can see the air quotes. Um, but <laughs> you know what? So you know, what Disney does allow you to do is if you have one, if you have, you know, like you and Madison, I gave you guys fast passes for some of these faster rides that have a height requirement. So like Big Thunder Mountain was the first one. Eleanor's not tall enough for that. So I gave me a fast pass to, I think it was um, the flying carpets. And what we could have done was gone to Big Thunder Mountain together. And I could have gotten a rider swap pass to um, take Madison through later. And that's something they allow you to do. We didn't actually do that because I don't know, like several of the rides, we weren't really sure if Maddie would like them or not. But, but anyway, so we did a lot of like splitting that out. Um, so we rode, you guys rode Big Thunder. We all rode Pirates together. Um, uh, you guys, or I took Madison to go ride Splash Mountain, which she was scared to do, but ended up loving. And it was one of her favorite rides. So that was cool. We had a snack at Sleepy Hollow. So I got my fruit and Nutella waffle, which is like one of my favorite snacks on all of Disney property. Yes, we, I, I know that we had to make sure we got we went to Sleepy Hollow to get that again. <laughs> that was one of the things on your list. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then we hit up teacups real quick with a fast pass. And then we headed back to the room um, because we knew we had dinner plans at Epcot. The kids did not take a nap, which was very disappointing. Yes. Yeah. For the, for the second day in a row, no naps. Yeah. And then we had dinner at Beer Garden, which we had never eaten at. And we met up with Ashley from episode five and her family and we had dinner there with them which worked really well because at beer garden it's tables of eight so if you go there as a family of three or four they put you at a table and they fill it you know with another family um to try to kind of like fill up the table so it worked really well to have seven of us there because then we didn't have to like sit there with random strangers so that was pretty cool 
Good, good for us with our kind of introverted tendencies. Yes. Yeah. I don't want to meet new people. That's just not something I'm, and like, and we have kids. So like, you know, if, if we were there with our kids who were like, you know, they're kind of picky eaters and they're loud, which luckily beer garden is loud, but you know, if they're throwing food and we're sitting at a table with two other couples or something like, I would just be like, I'm so sorry that you have to sit at a table with my children. <laughs> so. But yeah, we hadn't eaten there before. And I thought the restaurant itself is really cool. Like it feels like you're outside and it just like the the overall kind of ambiance of the restaurant I thought was really, really neat. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, it's, it's one of the ones which I've, I realize now that there are multiple uh, restaurants like this. Um, but this was the first one I had been in that it kind of is made to feel like you're outside even when you're inside. It's kind of like you're you're in like a town square type of thing. And like, you know, it's, it's it feels like there are like buildings around you, even though you're in one big open building. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really cool. It, it felt pretty authentic. And they had the band playing, uh, the, the German music the whole time. A lot of that was interactive with like kids up there dancing and stuff. So the ambiance was really awesome. Yeah. And I thought the food was really good. I thought they did a good job of kind of balancing like if you really like German food, it seemed like there was a lot of like pretty authentic stuff. And if you were like you know, not a huge fan of German food. It seemed like there was still a lot of options. There was a lot of sausage and random things that I didn't think would have sausage in it. But um, <laughs> I thought it was I thought it was still really good. And I thought that there was a pretty good variety of food. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I like German food more than you do. So I was I was a really big fan of the food. I will say, though, I was not a big fan of the beer there. Um, I wound up getting two different beers because um, you got one and I got one because uh, we were on the dining plan. Both of them came with a drink. Um, one of the things that actually disappointed me a little bit was that they had an option to get like a flight of beer. And that's what I really wanted to do because I wasn't really familiar with any of the beers on the menu. So I really kind of wanted to try, you know, sample a bunch of things, but that was basically incompatible with the dining plan. Um, there was no way to have that be paid for by the dining plan. Um, so I didn't, I didn't really want to pay out of pocket for something when we were already have, you know, we already had two beers covered as part of the, the meal. Uh, so I just, I had mine and I had yours and I wound up not really liking either of the beers all that much, but you know, I don't know. I'm sure there are people who do like that style of beer. Yeah. So then when we were done, we needed to head back to the contemporary and you know, when you're at beer garden in the Germany pavilion, you're like basically in the back of the park and we were about to make the long trek to the front of the park so we could deal with the monorails and everything. And Ashley suggested, she said, what if you just go out the international gateway and go to the beach club and catch a bus to the magic kingdom. And then you can walk back to the contemporary because just walking through Epcot, there were so many people and it was so busy. And I really liked that idea with the minor tweak of we went to the beach club and caught a minivan. Yes, even better. So it worked really well because we were able to see the gingerbread carousel at the beach club and then catch the minivan, which that specific experience wasn't bad. It wasn't difficult to get a minivan and it wasn't difficult to find our minivan. The process of getting the car seats installed was, you know, it definitely took some time, but it was, it was really quick. And I was really impressed because we took a minivan a couple times and every single time you know, they asked, like, they, you know, they would point at our older daughter, who's really tall. And they were like, is she six or older? And we were like, no, she's five. And they said, oh, okay, cool. She needs a booster seat. Like, it's clear that they were very familiar with the laws in Florida and like, and just overall safety. So they were very knowledgeable about what they needed at what age and how to install it. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah, definitely. So then we headed back to the hotel and got some much needed sleep. Awesome. All right. So day three, how did that go? 
So day three, um, I've heard people talk about the three day wall before of when you go on any trip, but especially Disney, like a go, go, go trip like Disney that by the third day, cause you know, the first day you're just like really excited. And the second day you're still pretty excited. You know, you're still kind of running on adrenaline cause you're at Disney and everything's great. And by the third day, your body's just like, nope, uh, uh-uh, uh, I'm done. <laughs> I had planned that our third day, our evening would be. We weren't going to have, we like, you know, we would go to a park in the morning and then have the afternoon to just chill, not have any reservations, not have any parks we were going to. So that morning, that was an Epcot morning. So we had breakfast at Garden Grill. And Mike, what do you think of Garden Grill for breakfast? Oh, it is the best. I love, <laughs> I love Garden Grill. <laughs> So this was our third time eating Garden Grill for breakfast. And then this time we had pre-park opening. So our reservation was for 8.15, but we were able to get there by about five after. And they seated us then. Um, I will say if you have motion sickness, ask to sit on the like outside ring because those outside booths. uh, So for those who don't know, Garden Grill, the restaurant actually rotates and you're looking out over the Living with the Land ride. So it does move as you're eating. And our first time we ate there, we sat in, there's basically kind of an inner ring of tables and then an outer ring of booths. And those outer rings actually look out onto the ride and the inner rings you're sitting at kind of a standard four person table. So you're facing each other across the table and the movement is happening kind of in your peripheral vision. And that really affected my motion sickness. I think it's like when you're riding a car and like if you're reading a book, you might get motion sick. But if you're looking out the windshield at where you're going, you're less likely to get motion sick. So definitely recommend ask to sit on the outside ring, which is what I did. I specifically requested that table and they were able to do that for us. But Garden Grill is so good and the characters were awesome and the food is just like, it's just amazing. It's, it was, I mean, it was easily my favorite meal the whole trip. Uh, yes, I'm with you. The The food lives up to the expectations and, and every time we, you know, we're like, is it really going to be as good as we remember? And every time it lives up. Yeah. Also, can I just say like, as the podcast host of this podcast, I'm always, I'm not always, but a lot of times I'm having to kind of fuss at people because I'm like, okay, you're just, you're going into too much detail and this is going to take so long. And I'm like, why is it so difficult to stay at a higher level? And now I'm realizing we're two and a half days in the trip and this has gone 30 minutes so far. So (laughs) um, yeah, so I'll try to, uh, I'll try to skip over some of the details a little bit so that this doesn't become a two hour podcast. And meanwhile, some of you are probably looking at the podcast now going, Rachel, you were not successful. This is a two hour episode. Uh, anyway, I'm just foretelling the future here. But anyway, um, so yeah, so Garden Girl was amazing. Uh, Eleanor was a little scared of the characters at first, but she really warmed up to them. So that was really cool. So then they do open Soren early for people who eat at Garden Girl. So what we were able to go downstairs and you and Madison rode Soren and Eleanor and I rode Living with the Land, which is actually also open early, which I thought was really cool. I did not I kind of figured we could just like go wait in line and at nine it would open but they were like nope it's already open so we got to go on living with the land and had a boat to ourselves Eleanor and I did so that was cool so what did Madison think of Soren she absolutely loved it she was very scared going into it she didn't know what to expect and I was really trying to kind of explain it to her and I I kind of the way I described it was that it's really like we're just watching a tv like a really really big tv and we're going to be up in the air a little bit and it's going to feel like we're flying and she was very scared, like, you know, grabbing my arm and definitely going into it was was very nervous. But like within five seconds of it starting, she was like giddy and giggling and like <laughs> loved, especially all of this, any of the scenes that had animals like the polar bears. And uh, I think there's one like going over elephants. 
uh, all the ones that had animals she loved and then like Tinkerbell at the very end like she just she loved it so much yeah so like right after you guys were done you know we kind of met up and she was like mommy mommy there's polar bears and then I went and wrote it with her using our writer switch and like when the polar bears come on she was like I told you <laughs> so then we rode Nemo um, you guys went and rode Test Track and I took Eleanor to go meet Minnie and Mickey and Goofy which by the way she like is obsessed with Minnie and Mickey now she really is. She loved them so much. She was not so sure about Goofy. Like, I think maybe he was just like a little too tall and a little too goofy, if you will. Um, so she was like, not sure about him. She didn't cry, but she was like, eh, and maybe not so much with you. But like Minnie and Mickey, she just loved them so much. Yes. I just wanted to say Test Track was really cool seeing just seeing it through Madison's eyes because she really loved the like she I, I think she could have like left the actual ride part of it. She was just really interested in like the building of her car. And um, as as you go through all the different test areas, they like, you know, show which car, you know, did best or whatever. And there was one of those sections that, that her car that she had designed did the best in. And she like locked in on that and was just so happy that her car had won that section. That was like all she talked about for the next 20 minutes was that her car was the best. <laughs> yeah. When we met up afterwards, she was like, mommy, my pink car won. She was so happy. <laughs> yeah, that was super, super cute. So yeah, so then we had Lunch at Sunshine Seasons, which I'd heard really good things about. And I I honestly kind of came away from that with sort of mixed reviews. Like I was honestly a little disappointed in the selection. I just kind of felt like maybe there would be more options. Like they had a little Asian section. So up at the top, there's like sweet and sour chicken. I'm like, oh, that looks good. And then I look down at what's in the actual pan. I'm like, that looks less good. Yeah, it felt like cafeteria food, like not in a good way. I wound up not even eating the first entree that I got and going back and getting something different because I just, I like after one bite, I was like, I can't eat this. So yeah, it was definitely disappointing. And I know that there's lots of quick service options back at the world showcase, but we did have a day later in the trip to hit up the world showcase. So we were trying to kind of stay in future world and, and we also wanted to get back to the room to take a nap. So, you know, it's basically, it's like either that or electric umbrella and like, it's, you know, this seemed like our best option. So I don't know. I mean, it wasn't terrible, but when we stayed at art of animation last year and they have the landscape of flavors or whatever, it's called the food court there. That I thought, I thought the food court at art of animation was 10 times better than yes. um, sunshine seasons. Yeah, I'll agree with that. And, and we ate at that food court multiple times. And of course, every time, you know, I, I was less excited about it, but even at the end of that trip, I preferred that food court to the, to the what was it called? Seasons? The Sunshine Seasons. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so lunch was okay. So then they did have a Ralph and Vanellope meet and greet. So Madison had wanted to meet them. So we went in and that was like a 20 or 30 minute wait. So at this point, while we were in lunch, it started just like pouring raining. So when we got out of lunch, it was just like pouring outside and we had, you know, of course, parked our stroller outside and had not put any kind of like rain cover. So the, the stroller's just like soaking wet and it's still raining, not too hard, but it's still raining. So we were like, let's just get inside somewhere. So we went into the meet and greet for Ralph and Vanellope. And yeah, so it was about 20 or 30 minutes. And Eleanor, after about five minutes, was just like becoming a little nightmare. She was tired. She, you know, she hadn't had a nap. So I went to walk around with her and what I actually ended up doing is we ended up getting in line for the joy and sadness meet and greet, which is kind of right around the corner while you guys were in line for Ralph and Vanellope. So you finished that up, which uh, that meet and greet seemed really, really cute. It was. Yeah. And Madison really enjoyed it. You know, she loves the Wreck-It Ralph movie. 
we haven't seen the second one yet, but she's really excited about seeing it. And and she really likes Penelope. So she, she definitely enjoyed meeting them. Yeah. I don't know how long that meet and greet will last, but just so you guys know, um, Vanellope does autographs. Ralph does not, but yes. Vanellope does an autograph for both of them. Like she signs it from Vanellope and Ralph. Yes. So that was cool. So then when you guys were done, you came to meet us in the line for joy and sadness. And we had probably another like five or 10 minute wait for them. I think the joy and sadness meet and greet might be my favorite meet and greet that we did the whole time. That one was really cool. They both did such a good job of, of being in character and the whole area was themed really well. It was it was really cool. Yeah. I also thought it was like a really private feeling meet and greet because a lot of the ones there in Epcot, there's just like lots of people like the Ralph and Vanellope one, like everybody in the queue can see when you're doing the meet and greet. And it's, you know, the Baymax one, like people are walking by it and I felt like this one, like really the only people, there's a photo pass photographer and the character handler. And then like the next family up is like standing there waiting. But other than that, it's quiet and they have this space decorated like you're in the like command control center thing that they have in Inside Out. So yeah, yeah, I thought that was really cool. So very much enjoyed that. So then we went back to the room. The kids, again, really didn't take a nap. We kind of like tried to get some quiet time, but neither of them slept. It's kind of like a running this whole trip. Yes. Until they did finally fall asleep a little bit later, but it was like really much later than it should have been. But I just kind of wanted to let them sleep. So by like 4.30 or almost 5, I was like, I have to wake these people up. And we had told Madison earlier in the day that if she was a good listener, that we could go to the pool that night. And, but you know, like when she woke up and it's like five o'clock and it's already getting dark outside and we need to have dinner and we need to go to bed. You and I were like, why don't, why don't we just go to the pool like tomorrow or the next day? Well, she wakes up and she's like, mommy, was I being a good listener? (laughs) I'm like, oh crap. Um, And I was like, yeah, you totally were. So we'll go to the pool in like two days. And like, she was having none of that. And like, you know, she was, she was doing okay with it. Like she was disappointed, but like, she didn't throw a temper tantrum, which I was like, okay, I actually kind of feel like you should be rewarded for like doing okay with this news. So we were like, screw it. Let's not worry about our, you know, schedules and like when we think we need to eat. So we went down to the pool and you and Madison and Eleanor got to run in the little like splash pad area. Yes. I was perfectly happy sitting off to the side. (laughs) You sit off to the side, FaceTiming with your mom. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, and it, it was, you know, like you said, it was it was later, so it was already kind of getting dark, you know, the sun was going down, and of course it's December, so it's not like crazy hot anymore, so the, the water was really cold, so we were like running through this freezing water, and uh, yeah, it was, it was fun, but it was definitely a little bit later yeah. than, than what was ideal. Yeah, and we did get in the actual pool for a little bit, but again, even that was pretty cold. Yeah. And then we got dinner at Contempo and actually met up with Danny from Average Disnerd. Um, he and his girlfriend, Caitlin, came and we got to hang out with them for just a little bit. Our kids were just like kind of being awful. So I was like, I'm really sorry. I felt so bad too, because I think that literally, that like one hour long period was like the worst behavior from both of them of like the entire trip and of course it was right when we were meeting up and having dinner with someone else yeah (laughs) they were like no no no, it's fine i'm like no it's really not fine i'm so sorry yeah (laughs) Um, and it didn't help that like dinner took forever like i I think it took 20 minutes from the time we ordered our food to the and like the manager was the one who brought it and he was like i'm so sorry about the wait so clearly they had something going on but it was good to get to catch up with danny and get to meet caitlin and um yeah, yeah and then we went to bed 
So. All right. Uh, day four was Animal Kingdom, right? So that was Animal Kingdom. So we missed the bus to Animal Kingdom by like a minute. And I was like, I really do not want to wait for another 20 minutes. So um, we got another minivan and we were like going through the turnstiles at nine o'clock. So I was pretty proud that we, um, this was a couple days in a row that we were able to be at a park by um, rope drop. So that was cool. Yeah. Um, awesome. So we met Timon. We, I got my mug. So if any of you have ever heard, <laughs> I did it. We, you know, we went to Disney in May and I actually did a trip interview on the WDW prep to go podcast, which I'll put a link to that in the show notes. If you just like really cannot get enough of my voice and want to hear more of it. But Starbucks has those like you are here mugs that they have, you know, in like various like cities throughout the country. And they have them at Disney and each park has a different one. And I had, I was collecting one. I wanted to get one at each park. And the last day of our trip, I had a vertigo issue and basically collapsed in the lobby of the beach club, had to go to the emergency room in an ambulance. And that was our animal kingdom day. So, uh, I did not get to get my animal kingdom mug. So that was very, very disappointing. So I finally that morning got my animal kingdom Starbucks mug. So that was very exciting. (laughs) (laughs) So we met Pocahontas. We tried to ride Everest. Madison had been really excited about riding the Yeti ride and it was down and we ended up kind of like walking by it because I wanted to see like, were they running empty trains? And if they were, I was like, okay, that's a good sign. They were not running anything on it. And I went up to one of, you know, they had like people up front and I was like, it's closed. And he was like, yeah. And I said, is it going to be closed for a while? And he kind of looked around and he was like, yeah. Which I I appreciated, you know, like I know people all the time are like, how many, you know, how long is it going to be closed? And they're like, I can't tell you. But I appreciated that he was like, it is not going to be opening anytime soon. So do not waste your time waiting around. Um, So that was nice. So we went to Dino Land. Speaking of anxiety, if you have anxiety, please avoid Dino Land. Like they literally pay people to shout at you in all those little like (sighs) carnival booth things. They're like, come and get it. I'm like, can you tone it down? I I don't I don't like more noise than we need. So Dino Land, you know, it's designed for reasons that I can't comprehend. It's designed to feel like a cheap traveling circus state fair thing. I don't know. Some people love Dino Land. <laughs> I thought it was awful. I I liked Dino Land just fine. <laughs> I don't share your your uh, your feelings of hatred toward it. I mean, we, we didn't want to spend a bunch of time there because I know that you you were not really enjoying yourself. But I thought it was fun. Yeah, it was all right. I mean, they're like, hey, look, it's Dumbo, but with dinosaurs. And hey, look, like, here's a a roller coaster that looks like it was disassembled by carnies yesterday and is definitely going to make you throw (laughs) up. And yeah, I was just like, can we leave? Like, how quickly can we get out of this area? Right. We basically rode the rode the one Dumbo like ride, which I forgot what what it was even called and got the kids face painted and then left. Yeah, that was it. So then we did the Maharaja Jungle Trek, which was cool, and used our Fast Pass for the Safari. And then we did mobile ordering at Flame Tree Barbecue, which was awesome. It was so good. Yeah. I had kind of wanted to try uh, Satuli Canteen in Pandora, but we weren't in Pandora yet. And I didn't really want to like make a special trip out there. And I've heard really good things about Flame Tree. And I felt like we were more likely to find stuff that the kids would eat. Yeah. 
So again, we did what we had done at several of the other places. We got three adult meals at Flame Tree and kind of split those. And I thought that worked really well. But yeah, I highly recommend Flame Tree. And I also highly recommend mobile ordering because the line to order at Flame Tree was insane. And we were able to like place the order before we got there. Once we got there, you know, I pushed a button and said, we're here. We went and found a table. And by the time we were like getting settled at the table, I got a notification that our food was ready. So yeah, yeah. Mobile ordering all the way, guys. You got to do it. So yeah, so then we went to Pandora and I had a fast pass for me and Madison to ride the Navi River Journey and for you to ride Flight of Passage. And I've seen lots of questions online about rider swap with Flight of Passage because some people say that like, oh, Disney has this new policy that if you're going to ride or swap it and you're going to do it with fast pass, that the whole party has to have fast passes. That is not accurate. There are some like rogue cast members who are saying, nope, everybody has to have a fast pass, which I frankly don't blame them because I think that the way that people use it, even though Disney allows it, it does seem like it's unfair. So I don't really have a problem with it, but I was like, you know, let's try it. Let's see if she'll give us a fast pass for it. Because if you thought Madison would love it, and if you thought I could do it despite my motion sickness issues, like we wanted to have the option. So we went up and just said, you know, hey, um, we want to get a writer swap. She was like, cool, who's writing it um, second? I was like, me. And she was like, do you want Madison to come? Do you want this kid to come with you? I was like, yep. She's like, cool, let me see your magic bands and put writer swap passes on it. Like, no questions asked. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Um, yeah, so so I did write it. Um, like you said, you, you got the the writer swap for you guys to potentially write it, but uh, the, the first time through it was just me, and I thought it was awesome. Definitely, the seat is a little <laughs> claustrophobic feeling, and totally unlike any other ride that I've ever been on, with the way that it like you have to sit in this thing and straddle it, and then it like pushes up against your back, uh, and you're wearing 3D glasses. So it's definitely kind of unsettling. But then once you actually get into the ride, once the ride actually starts. It's really, really cool. I, I know that I've heard it described this way, but it's basically like Soren, but 3D and even you know even more action packed and whatever. But unfortunately, I got out of it and I was like, a, almost certainly was not going to go well with your vertigo, and b, I think Madison would absolutely freak out getting into that seat. <laughs> Yeah, so Madison is, she was definitely like braver on this trip than she was last time. But I think that was more like if she could be right next to us and holding on to us. And anything that was weird, like we didn't even try Space Mountain because even though she's tall enough for it, not being able to sit next to us. And like, I think Space Mountain, they have a thing that kind of comes down over your head. Like I was worried that that might be too much. So yeah, I, I definitely think that just the mechanism of that ride would have just been a little too much for her. Yeah. So, um, so we did Navi River Journey, which it had a around a hundred minute wait in the standby line, and so we did fast pass and like seriously, it, it, we walked for like a minute and a half, and that's when we were kind of like joined up with the standby line, and I was like, oh, we just bypassed, you know, this huge line, and it was fun and it was cute. And the music I actually thought was really cool. Like not a lot of people talk about the music, but I thought the music was awesome. And just the way they have the speakers and everything, the music just kind of, it feels really, really immersive and everything looked cool. And there were lots of places as you go that there would be kind of like multi-layered screens. You would have this like screen that was kind of 
way off in the background that kind of made it look like, you know, cause there's like trees and stuff and it, you could kind of see this background, but then in front of that, there was almost like a scrim that had, you know, like there would be like animals on it and it gave it this really cool 3d effect without, you know, having to actually wear 3d glasses. And everybody talks about the animatronic at the end, like the animatronic was definitely incredible. So that was really cool to see. I would be super, super, super disappointed if I waited a hundred <laughs> minutes to ride that ride. To me, it definitely would not be worth that. Um, yeah. But but yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely enjoyable. And the kids were both a little scared because it's like really dark, but they got over that and they thought that was pretty cool. So yeah, so we had an anytime fast pass because Everest had gone down. So we decided to use those anytime fast passes to ride the safari again. We kind of let Madison pick what she wanted to do. Of course, we found out later that... I think probably within five minutes, either plus or minus of us scanning our fast passes for Safari that Everest had opened. Yeah, that was really disappointing that, yeah. that it opened up right there. We, we actually could have gone over and ridden it. but Yeah, that broke my heart a little bit just because Madison had been so excited. But we couldn't really wait around because we had reservations for the four o'clock hoopty doo dinner. So it wasn't the kind of thing that we could have just like waited and waited and waited. Like it was, we were like, we, we really need to like ride something and then leave. Cause at this point exactly. it was like two o'clock or two thirty or something like that. So we were like, we need to just ride something and leave. So we have time to get over there. So yeah, so it was disappointing that we could have ridden Everest because Madison had been looking forward to it so much, but you know, it is what it is. And you know, we told Madison when, when we come back, you know, to Disney world, we promise you'll get to ride it. And hopefully I can actually follow through on that promise. <laughs> right. So yeah, so we were going to take a minivan to do hoop doo because I know that with Fort Wilderness that you take a bus to Fort Wilderness and then you have to transfer to an internal bus. So if you take the minivan, they can actually like go all up in Fort Wilderness. So that's what we had planned to do, but there were no minivans available. Yeah. So that was definitely a little frustrating. And that's not the only time that we had a really hard time getting a minivan. So um, the minivans are definitely expensive, but they they are great, but they're not a sure thing. Yeah. Like you said, this was the first of several times, but it's like literally we had to, we found out that, you know, as you do a request in the Lyft app, like it'll time out after five minutes. So we were, were like literally like resubmitting the request every five minutes. And there were even points where like we were both doing it on our phone separately, like in parallel with the two active requests going at the same time, just because there like weren't any minivans available to respond to the request. Yeah. And this was at like three o'clock on a Wednesday, Tuesday. So like, yeah. it's not even like, it's like, oh, it's right after fireworks let out or whatever. So yeah. So, you know, it's definitely not a sure thing. So just something to kind of keep in mind. Um, but what we did is while we were waiting to see if we could grab a minivan, we were like, let's just walk to the Fort Wilderness bus um, or the to the Fort Wilderness bus stop. And luckily a bus actually came pretty quickly. So we were like, let's just get on the bus. So this was actually our first time on a Disney bus this trip, which is kind of cool staying at the Contemporary that we were able to avoid the buses that much. But yeah, so we went over to Hoopty Doo. We got there a little early. Um, we had a great table, which was really nice. We were like not the front row in front of the stage, but we were one back and like pretty much in the center. So the seats were great. Yeah, they were. What was your overall impression of Hoopty Doo? <laughs> well, I, I thought the food was pretty good. The show is, of course, kind of silly and, and the, it, it, you know, it's, it's not trying to be serious. It's, you know, it's, it's trying to be a silly show. So for what it was, I, I liked the show. It was kind of cute. Um, and I did get dragged on stage at the end. <laughs> <You did. laughs> so that was fun. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't know if you want to talk more about that, but they kind of came around and, uh, and asked if I wanted, to, if I wanted to go up on stage and I 
really kind of didn't, <laughs> but you talked me into it. Uh, <laughs> and by talk you into it, you mean that I went, yeah, he'd love to go up on yeah, stage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I gave you no choice. And I gave you the icy stare, but then I went ahead and, 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 and went up on stage. And, and I apologized as soon as you got off stage because I was like, I realized five seconds after I did that, that if you did that to me, I would be fuming. So I'm very sorry. <laughs> yeah. So like, I thought the food was good, but not just amazing. Yeah. And I thought the show was cute, but again, not just amazing. I did think it was kind of interesting that of all of the like places in Disney, there was a lot of double entendre type adult humor. Yeah. Nothing obviously that was R-rated, not even really anything that was like PG rated, but just lots of things that I'm sure went way over the kids' heads, but that was like, that is just like straight up a, an adult joke if you know what they're actually saying. Yeah. Um, so that was a little surprising, but like, I didn't care again, because like the kids are either not going to get it or they're going to be old enough to get it and who cares? Yeah. I, I definitely think though that like, I liked the food okay. I liked the show okay, like I said, but the the Doo review is probably one of the first things I would have dropped from our trip if I if you asked me like what are the you know what things would you not want to do yeah um, just because it wasn't just outstanding and it was you know a hike to get over there and to get back I, I guess it's different if you're staying at Fort Wilderness but yeah it, it was enjoyable but probably not worth all the time and, and money that it took to do it yeah yeah it's one of the things and so we paid for it out of pocket because if you don't pay it for it out of pocket then it cost you two credits and they have like sections of the seats like sections one two and three and it's kind of like section one is like the best seats on the floor in the center and then two and three are seats that are like further away and higher up and stuff and so if you use a dining plan if you use credits you can't get section one so we wanted a good seat so it was good and i'm glad we did it because it's like such a big disney thing but I don't think we'll repeat it for a long time. Like I could see us repeating it at some point when the kids are, you know, older and might appreciate it on a different level. But yeah, I think it'll be a while before we would do that again. Yeah. The nice thing is when, you know, when you leave, you're like right there kind of at the boat dock and we were able to just take a boat back to the contemporary. So, and the kids loved that. They, they were did, so excited. Yeah. And Eleanor was like snuggling with Madison and I'm like crying because I'm really tired <laughs> and it's super cute. Um, So yeah, so like that was, it, it was definitely cool. And it was nice because doing a four o'clock show, we were out by like 545 or something and we were back to the hotel by you know, 6.15 or something like that. So it was nice to kind of have an early night. Of course, I did laundry that night. Oh, yes. Which if you're staying in, in the contemporary, the washing machines and the dryers and everything, like the self-service stuff is in the garden wing, which is actually where our room was supposed to be. That's what we had booked. But when we got there, our room wasn't ready. And um, we got a text when we were on Magical Express. And, you know, this is again, like almost four o'clock, we got a text that our room was ready. And they had actually moved us to the tower, I'm guessing because they were just like running behind on stuff. So we actually got a, a much nicer room than we had paid for, which was great, except for when I had like a 10 minute walk to do laundry. <laughs> I had to do lots of walking back and forth. Um, but it was nice to have clean clothes. It, it had been a lot harder than we had realized it was going to be those first few days. So yeah. some things that I had planned that that like me or the kids or whoever might wear like two different days had just gotten like super gross and sweaty because it was like 85 degrees and super humid. So I was like, okay, we need to do laundry. So, yeah. So yeah. So that was the end of our fourth day. Awesome. All right. Uh, day five. How'd that go? Day five was Hollywood studios in the morning. So it was early morning magic at Hollywood studios and then the fireworks dessert party that night. So it was going to be a really long day. <laughs> 
So we were up at 6 a.m. We caught a minivan at 6.50. This was another time that it was actually pretty tough to get a minivan. What happened is Mike had one on his phone. He had this request going and going and going. And I actually saw a minivan drop somebody off at Contemporary. And when I saw him dropping off, I immediately went in and made a request. Mm. I saw him grab his phone, push something. And then it said to me, you know, like your driver is here. And he turned around. He's like, is this you? Um, (laughs) So that actually worked really well. I don't really know if they do any kind of like queuing of like this person made a request first. Like, I don't know if they do that or if it's just, hey, like this person's closest to you or whatever. But even though you had a request going, I had one started right then. And he was like, hey, I'm right here. That's interesting because you were actually downstairs with the kids and I, I was I was coming downstairs a few minutes behind you um, like with jackets and stuff. And, and we were looking for Madison's Lost, lost uh, Magic Band, uh, which is why I was up in the room. Uh, so I, I wasn't aware of all the specifics of how that actually happened that you flagged that one down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way, that actually ended up working out really well because I was like, we're going to go downstairs and like try to figure out, are we going to get a bus? What's going to happen? And we got downstairs and it had been 85 degrees the day before and we walk outside and it's like 48 degrees. Oh, yeah, that was a shock. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, the kids were wearing like long pants, but they had T-shirts on. I had T-shirts on. We didn't have any jackets. So I call you and I'm like, you have got to bring jackets downstairs because it is really cold outside. So anyway, so we got to Hollywood Studios. We had not found Madison's Magic Band. So we did have to go by guest relations and get just like a card ticket that we were able to use for the rest of the trip until we found her Magic Band on the last day. So we were in Toy Story Land by 730. So if you do early morning magic, they let you into the park. It says 730, but they'll actually let you in. I think it's actually starting by about seven o'clock. They don't always start running the rides until 730. But what they'll do is they'll actually, they direct you to breakfast, which is at ABC Commissary. You do not have to go to breakfast. You can just go straight to Toy Story Land. So we went straight to Toy Story Land. Again, I had followed Shannon from WDW Prep School. She had done this event. And what she recommended is meet Woody and Jesse first, if you want to do characters, because what happens is everybody goes to Slinky Dog Dash because they're really excited about Slinky Dog Dash. So a 15 to 20 minute line forms pretty quickly for Slinky Dog Dash. And But then the character line starts to build up because people come off of that ride and they're like, oh, I want to meet the characters. So she said, meet the characters first. Go see Woody and Jesse, then ride whatever rides you want to ride. And then at nine o'clock when the park opens and everything starts to get busy, pick one thing you want to do in the park before it really gets a line, then go get breakfast at like 930. So that's exactly what we did. But so we we went to meet Woody and Jesse and they were so wonderful. And Eleanor, by this point, had decided she loved the characters and she ran up to Woody and just like gave him this huge hug. And Madison runs over to Jesse. And so like Madison's, you know, talking to Jesse and stuff. And Eleanor's just sitting there hugging Woody. Just hugging. Yep. Just won't let go. Yeah. Just sitting there, just hugging him. And it's like, it's like two minutes and I'm like, okay, Eleanor, sweetie, we've got to give another kid a turn. And Woody holds up a finger, like, hold on one more minute. And it was just, the, and he just sat there hugging her and it was the cutest thing ever. It was absolutely adorable. So then we got some family pictures and that was really cool. I really liked that meet and greet. I thought that they did a great job with that. Yeah. So then we rode Toy Story Mania, which was a walk on. We rode, well, you and the girls rode Alien Swirling Saucers twice. I don't write anything with the word swirl in it. <laughs> yeah, I got to do that twice. That was actually a lot of fun too. That, I liked that ride a lot. 
I've heard so many people say that, that like you look at it and you're like, what, what is this? This is just like, you go around in a circle. And then when you ride it, you're like, that's actually kind of cool. Yeah. Like it wasn't what I was expecting because I, I hadn't watched a video of it or anything. And, and it, because it defied my expectation, I, I wound up being really excited by it. Yeah. So then you and Madison went to ride Slinky Dog Dash and I took Eleanor and we went and rode Toy Story Mania. And in the time it took us to ride Toy Story Mania once, you guys rode Slinky Dog Dash three times. Yeah, it was practically a walk-on. Like we went through the line and, and by the time we got up to, to uh, the, the loading station, you know, there would be like maybe maybe 15 people ahead of us. So you'd have to wait for like you know four or five cars to go through, uh, four or five trains to go through and then it'd be your turn. So yeah. maybe like a two minute wait each time and Madison was very uncertain about it the first time. Um, you know, she'd only done a couple roller coasters, but by the second and third time she like, she, Hey, she loved it the first time. That's why she wanted to go again. By the third time we rode it, she was literally raising her hands. Like the moment that it, we were departing the station Aww. and kept her hands in the air the entire time. <laughs> so both the third and fourth ride, she had her hands in the air the entire time. Yeah. The fourth ride was rough because by the time you guys got off the fourth time, the crowds from just regular park opening were there and suddenly the wait time shot up to like 90 minutes. Oh, it was incredible. Like seeing the the like the influx of people was amazing. Yeah, it was it was insane. And I was actually really impressed with how well the cast members handled that because you know, you kind of expect it to just be this like mad dash. And like, suddenly it was like, you just like look up and there's this like well-organized line. So they definitely handled it really well. Madison did not handle it well because she wanted to ride again. And we were like, no, we can't sweetie, because we would have to wait for like two hours. And she like could not comprehend that after just right. like getting to ride it, ride it, ride it, ride it. She was disappointed, but you know, it's okay. Yeah, I mean, it went from a walk-on to a two-hour wait in the in the time that we were on the ride for the fourth time. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so then we went and met Olaf, who, you know, it was like a five-minute wait to meet Olaf. And Olaf fell in love with Eleanor. Again, Eleanor just went up and, like, hugged Olaf. And that was a really cool meet and greet. That was that was yeah. another, like, really fun one. And we were, like, we were like, okay, it's time to go. And Olaf is just, like, holding Eleanor's hand and walking out with us and, like, waving to the photographer, like, all right, I'll see you guys later. I'm hanging out with these kids. Um, so that was really cute. So then we went back and got breakfast, which I thought the breakfast was really good. It was disappointing that they were out of the chocolate croissants. Yes, I was disappointed by that. But their donuts were really good. Yeah, I thought the meals themselves were good. The only thing I didn't like about kind of following that touring plan of going in and getting breakfast right at the end is the ABC commissary was a cluster. It really was. There were no open tables. We had to just kind of walk around and stalk the area until we found a family who was like getting up to leave. And we were like, can we have a table? So that was a little tough. But other than that, it was fine. So then we did the Frozen sing-along, which Madison really wanted to do. And last time had been too scary with giant air quotes. And she really liked that. Eleanor was a little nightmare, but she's a two-year-old she and she did not want to sit still. So I get it. Yeah. So then that was actually it. By this point, it was like 1130 or 12. And we went back to the hotel because uh, I really wanted the kids to be able to get a nap since we had the fireworks that night. And they can't do rock and roller coaster. I'm not going to take Madison on Tower of Terror, even Star Tours. Like they don't know Star Wars. So like there's just not really, I mean, there are other shows that I think they would have enjoyed, but Eleanor is not so good with the shows. So we were like, let's just get out of here. Yeah. So we went back to the hotel. We had lunch at the Contempo, which is just the quick service within the Contemporary, the same place we had dinner the night before, and then went up to the room to take a nap. And the kids, once again, did not take a nap. 
yet again. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was like, you guys have been up since 6 a.m. and we have fireworks tonight. So, um, yeah, but, uh, you know, we turned the lights off and everything and all they wanted to do was like giggle at each other. So whatever, you know, that's fine. <laughs> So then we had dinner reservations at Liberty Tree Tavern, which I had never eaten at, but I'd heard really good things about. So that was an early dinner. It was at like 3.40. So we went to that, which this was kind of another one that like was good. And I'm glad we ate there. And I would eat there again, but I was definitely a little disappointed. I think primarily just with the like service and the ambiance, it was a lot louder than I had realized it was going to be. Mm. I, I feel like you're more sensitive to that stuff than I am. Like I definitely didn't, I wasn't bothered by that aspect of it, but I definitely will agree that yeah, the, the food was good, but not like amazing. And the service wasn't anything really special. Yeah. But it was definitely good. And the food is her family style, which is nice because like, you know, we don't have to like stress about what are the kids going to eat. But on top of that, we did stress a little bit about what the ki- what are the kids going to eat because they didn't want to eat basically anything. Eleanor ate yeah. a, like a huge amount of mac and cheese and Madison just complained because she didn't like any of the food. So yeah, I was like, whatever, we're going to a dessert party later. You can eat stuff there. Yeah. I will say though, you got a, the drink that you got, because uh, of course we were on the dining plan. So everything came with, with an alcoholic drink. And you got, I forget what it was called, but it was like a hot apple cider, like alcoholic drink. And yeah. it seemed like you didn't really care for it, but I loved it. It was, it was like one of the, the best things that I had on the trip. Really? Yeah. So, you know, we're on the dining plan and, you know, the meals do come with an alcoholic drink now when you're on the dining plan. So I kept feeling like I needed to order alcohol to make the dining plan worth it. And then I would have a sip of it and my stomach's like, nope you have not had enough water today and you've been eating nothing but carbohydrates. I am not dealing with this alcohol. Like it just, it never agreed with my stomach. There were multiple times on the trip that I did that. So by the end I was like, I am not even going to waste my time with this. Um, the thing I didn't like about that is it was served hot and it's in like a, like a glass, like a pint glass and it was hot. And I'm like, I can't hold this without my hand getting burned. I will agree with you there. Like, I mean, it sat on the table for like 10 minutes before I even started drinking it. And it was still hot. Like it was still uncomfortably hot 10 minutes later. Yeah. I was like, I need a Starbucks cardboard sleeve for this glass before I can use it. Yeah. So anyway, so then we went and rode the Tomorrowland Speedway, which we had a fast pass for. And after that, the line was pretty short for the carousel. So I asked you to take the kids to the carousel so I could go sit somewhere quietly (laughs) and just like stare at my phone for 10 minutes because I had basically kind of been like in a room with you guys, but specifically with the kids for like five straight days. And I was like, can I just have 10 minutes to just check out? And you graciously granted me that. So that was nice. You're welcome. (laughs) Uh, So then we met Tinkerbell, which was really cool. I was also surprised to see there had been a whole kerfuffle on like the Disney news about how Disney was replacing some photographers in some of their character locations with a box with a camera in it that just like does automated pictures and people lost their collective Disney minds, including me. I was not happy with that. We've gotten a lot of really great pictures in these meet and greets that we wouldn't get from, you know, a robot. And there was an actual human photographer in there. So, you know, I don't know if they had changed their mind on that, or maybe only some of the meet and greet rooms have them. And the one, I mean, of course there's only one meet and greet Tinkerbell for any (laughs) children who are listening. Okay. Adults, there's a whole bunch of rooms. We know that. Right. So I don't really know how that was working but i was i was happy that there was an actual like human photographer um so then we did the dessert party 
and I really liked the dessert party. I thought the desserts were awesome. Mm-hmm. And I also liked that there were some non-dessert foods as well, which was really cool. What did you think of like the actual dessert party itself? I agree. Yeah, I thought the desserts were good. The the non-dessert, it was like fruit and stuff, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Is that right? And yeah. cheese and just a couple of other That's things. That's right. Yeah. And it was good to have like not just entirely like sugar overload. Yeah. Yeah. And they had uh, they had like sparkling cider. Uh, and like coffee and hot chocolate and, and juice and stuff. So so yeah, I, I was a big fan of the food. It definitely was just like this huge crowded place um, with all the, ta- all the tables set up. So the, the ambience was not anything to, to speak of, but the food was really good. Yeah. I also really liked that when you checked in for the dessert party, an actual human then escorts you to a table and they put yeah. like a reserved sign on the table. So you have your own table. Yeah. Which is just, you know, after the various times that we had to, like, find a table for things, it was nice that they kind of took care of that. So we ate various desserts and whatever. And then when we were ready, we had the garden view um, because you can do the terrace view where you have an actual table and you're watching it from the Tomorrowland Terrace, which actually costs more money, I think, because you then have seating. You have a chair to sit in, but the view is not as good. So we had the garden view. So when we were ready, we went and told somebody like, hey, we're ready to go sit down. And they actually kind of escorted us out there. And we had to show our little like wristband thing that we had gotten when we checked in. So we took our stroller in there and we were able to kind of finagle it where there were these people who were kind of leaning back against a little like statue kind of plant thing. I don't know what it was, but they were kind of like leaning back and they were planning to stand up and they were hoping that no tall people stood in front of them. So we said, can we kind of back our stroller up to like right in front of you and park it there? And then we're going to sit in front of the stroller. So then there won't be anybody who can stand right in front of you. And they they were like, yes, that is perfect. (laughs) So that actually worked really well. So Eleanor fell asleep three minutes into the fireworks Yeah, because uh, she had not had any, she'd not gotten any nap or anything. Madison was enthralled. So this was the first time she'd seen fireworks because she's still not really old enough to like stay awake for them. She goes to bed at eight o'clock every night. So she's never seen 4th of July fireworks. She's never seen any other fireworks. So happily ever after definitely ruined her for any fireworks show ever in the future. Absolutely. Unless we go back to Disney and she watches fireworks works again there yeah and i will say she's very very noise sensitive i wasn't sure if eleanor would be noise sensitive so i bought like protective ear cover things for both of them and actually right around the time the fireworks started eleanor they're both in their stroller eleanor started to get really scared and i put those ear protector things on her and two minutes after that was when she She fell fell asleep asleep yeah Yeah. (laughs) so that actually worked really well because not only was she not scared she was actually able to get sleep so that worked really well and so then madison had the ear protection on and the fireworks did not bother her at all she was perfectly happy she was completely enthralled she's like you know watching the projections and everything i did start crying at the end when tinkerbell started you know like tinkerbell comes out And Madison saw her and she just starts like really earnestly just like waving at her and was just so happy to see her, especially right after we did the the Tinkerbell meet and greet. Um, So that was just like really, really cute. And she actually told me later, she was like, hey, mommy. I said, what? She said, I think that's the real Tinkerbell. Oh, (laughs) I was like, do you you think so? She was like, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) 
Oh. So that was really cute. So yeah, so and then it was really nice because when the fireworks were over, you know, like there's this mad rush for the monorail and a mad rush for the buses and a mad rush for the ferries. We just walked back to our hotel. Oh, it's so great. Madison stayed awake the whole time. Eleanor stayed asleep the whole time. And like we got everybody else ready for bed. And right before it was time to go to bed, we like changed her into pajamas, put her in her crib. She went right back to sleep. So that was perfect. Yeah, she just literally sat in the stroller the entire way back all the way into the room, then sat in the stroller in the room while the rest of us got ready for bed. It was perfect. (laughs) Okay, so we have three days left on our trip and we're already an hour (laughs) and 15 minutes. I'm like so aware of how much time this is taking. All right, we're going to keep it under four hours. So the sixth day, this was Thursday, we had planned a pretty light morning so that we could sleep in. And graciously, our children actually slept in until like 730, which when you have young kids, 730 is sleeping in. So so that was nice. So we had breakfast at Ohana, which we decided to do kind of a quick monorail resort tour. So we went over to Grand Floridian, saw the gingerbread house, and then we walked to the Polynesian. Everybody, I've heard such good things about Ohana. And like, it was good. I think after comparing it to Garden Grill, it disappointed me. Garden Grill is much better, both from the food and the characters, for sure. Yeah. Garden Grill is quieter, which again, you know, tends to tends to affect me more than you, but it's a lot quieter. It's also a lot smaller and it's smaller and there are four characters at Garden Grill, whereas Ohana is bigger and there's only three characters. So we met Stitch as soon as we sat down. And um, they actually brought us our food within like five minutes of sitting down, which is great. And that's the nice thing about the like family style where everybody just gets the same thing that they basically are just throwing out these like pans of the same food all day. Mm-hmm. And the food was good, but I thought the food... Especially that ham. The ham was amazing. Yeah, the ham was good. I'm not a big ham person, but like it was good. But there's no cinnamon roll <laughs> and there's no Nutella to put on your Mickey waffles like Garden Grill has. So yeah, so so it was definitely good, but it, you know, it wasn't just quite as good as... Garden Grill and the, yeah, the character interaction. We had been there for like 35 minutes and we were done eating. And Lilo and Mickey Mouse are nowhere near our table. We'd met Mickey Mouse before, so I was kind of like, eh, but we really wanted to meet Lilo. Madison loves Lilo and Stitch. So our waiter went and talked to the like character handler person and he was like, so he came back to the table. He was like, when you guys are ready to leave, come get me and I'll like walk you over to go meet Lilo. So that's what he did. So we were able to kind of meet her off to the side, which was fine. But yeah, it was just, it was, it was good. And you know, if you've never been to Garden Grill, you probably think Ohana is amazing and it's fine, but Try Garden Grill and you're going to realize that Ohana is lacking a little bit. So anyway, um, so we went back to the hotel and the kids actually did take a nap that day, which was really nice because that night we had the Christmas party. So we went back to Magic Kingdom and we got we actually got there right at four o'clock, which is when if you have a Christmas party ticket, you can get in starting at four without using a park ticket. And it was crazy. It was just like it was a madhouse. Yeah, it was a complete madhouse, just like getting through the turnstiles. And then once you get through the turnstiles, you have to get your like band to, you know, note that you're like there with the party. But once we got in, it was fine. We did have some fast passes we had made for that day. So you and Madison got to ride mine train. Eleanor and I went on It's a Small World. Again, Madison was upset that she couldn't ride it again. Like she yeah. just like didn't get this idea of not being able to immediately get back on something because we had managed it well enough that we had these like short or no waits on so many rides. So then she just couldn't process it. <laughs> well, and I think especially after Slinky Dog Dash with the early morning magic, like it just kind of set that expectation that she can go right back on. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
but yeah, so then we did Peter Pan and then we met up. We had some friends who used to live in this area who their daughter and our older daughter, Madison, have been in daycare together basically since they were like nine months old and they just had to move to Florida. So they came and met up with us. So we were able to meet up with them and take advantage of some of the really short waits that night because, you know, by this point it's like 530. So people who aren't there for the party are like clearing out. So we were able to ride Ariel and Dumbo and Barnstormer. We got dinner at Columbia Harbor House again, which that was slightly less Less streamlined. Yeah, we did mobile ordering again. And it was it was just very time consuming to, you know, get all of our because we had done, you know, two different orders for each family and it just took a while. But the food was still really good. And it was again, it was nice to be upstairs away from some of the insanity and just kind of have it be a little quieter. Yeah. After that, we were already, you know, right by Frontierland. So we went over basically right in front of the Diamond Horseshoe and kind of between that and the Liberty Tree Tavern. And we staked out a spot for the parade. At this point, it was like 45 minutes before the parade. And there was still lots of space there. Now, I know that Main Street is kind of the big place that everyone wants to be because it has the snow and everything. But... I really didn't want to stake out a spot like two or three hours before. I mean, when we walked by at four o'clock, I swear there were already people who were like starting to line up for the parade. Yeah. So I didn't want us to be like that far in advance. So I felt like this was a really good compromise. And it's nice because this Christmas party was not sold out. I was actually pleasantly surprised after hearing so many people talk about like the Halloween parties and how busy they were and some of the earlier Christmas parties that sold out. I was a little worried, but it really wasn't that bad. Um, so we staked out a spot and me and Ashley stayed and kind of guarded the strollers while you and Katie took all four of the kids to go ride some rides. So that actually worked really, really well. Yeah, not having to have them sit there for 45 minutes with nothing to do was definitely a plus. Yeah, that just would have been awful. So you guys were able to ride... Um, the carpet. That's right. Yeah, and we wound up doing it twice because there was basically no weight. Yeah. Then the parade came through and the kids just were like obsessed with the parade. Oh, they loved it. Yeah, they absolutely loved it. So yeah, so the rest of the night was good. The treats were really good kind of around the park. Going to the Pinocchio house was good because they had like four different kinds of cookies. So you were able to get a bunch of different kinds without having to hit up all the spots. Right. The ginger cookies were so good. I could have eaten way more of those than I did. Yeah, they were really, really good. So the end of the night was a little stressful. Um, So like we all rode pirates together and then we decided to kind of split up. The older girls, Madison and her friend, they wanted to go ride mine train. And the wait at that time was like 30 or 35 minutes. And our little ones were too short for that. And I wanted to meet Moana. So I took Eleanor and we actually went and waited in line for Moana while the fireworks were going on. We'd seen fireworks the night before, but that tells you how late we were still there. This is like 1030 or something. It was late. Yeah. Oh, I think the fireworks are at 10. So yeah. So I went and met Moana, which was awesome. And I really enjoyed Moana is my favorite princess. And I am like obsessed with the movie. It's so good. So then you guys trekked across the park to try to go ride Mine Train. We did. Yeah. And we, the timing was just awful. Cause like you said, there was like a 30 minute wait and we were like, okay, we can just make this work. We'll like pike over there. We'll, we'll stay in line for 30 minutes. We'll do Mine Train and then we'll all go home. And of course, fireworks are happening. Like as this, as we're walking over there, we're like watching the fireworks, and then the fireworks end, and there's just like a mad rush back into Adventureland and Fantasyland and everywhere. And they also had there's like a path that I had been planning to take that goes like behind where Sleepy Hollow is, 
like around um like kind of back behind the castle there's a path that like kind of like kind of lets you cut through and they had that path closed down so then we had to go around the longer way and by the time we got over to mine train there was like a 50 minute wait again yeah and so we basically had to tell the tell the girls that there was just no way we could wait that long yeah so that was disappointing yeah that was definitely disappointing So we kind of met back up and decided to just head back to the room. I did feel bad because I had given Madison the choice of did she want to ride Mine Train or did she want to meet Moana? And she wanted to ride Mine Train. And then, of course, she didn't get to ride Mine Train. And we were walking back to the room and we're out of the park. We have left the park and we're walking towards Contemporary. And she was like, Mom, I really want to meet Moana. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Um, So I gave her the choice. I said, okay. We can go back. We can meet her. It's going to be very late by the time we meet her and very late by the time we get back to the room. But if you want to do that, we can do that. Or we can, because sometimes Moana appears at various parties in our area and sometimes at restaurants and things like that. So I said, you know, we can try to find Moana at one of those if you want to do that and try to, you know, meet her somewhere closer to our house. And she was like, yeah, let's just do that. I was like, okay, good. (laughs) Because as it was, we didn't get back to the room until 1115, which the kids have not been up that late since they were newborns. Like ever, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, so it was a very late night, but it was was a really good one. And I really enjoyed the Christmas party. The Christmas party was great. And getting to meet up with uh, with Madison's friend and and her family again was great. I think it's the one thing that actually made the the evening go off as a success because I don't think Madison would have had the energy to make it through all of that without all just the like excitement of being with her being you know, being reunited with her friend. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Eleanor again fell asleep in the stroller on the way back. And I think yeah, I think Madison would too if she hadn't been there seeing her good friend for the first time in months. So. Yeah. Yep, so that was our Thursday. Cool. Um so then Friday day 7. Day 7. So this is our last full day. So again, we had kind of planned a slow morning. We did have breakfast reservations at Trattoria Al Forno, which is over at the boardwalk. So what we decided to do, this was again, we tried to kind of get a minivan and there weren't any available and a Hollywood Studios bus came. Oh yeah, that's right. So I was like, you know what? Let's take the bus to Hollywood Studios and then let's hop on the friendship boat and take that to the boardwalk. Because, you know, the kids will enjoy being on the boat and that way, you know, we don't have to worry about like, you know, we could take a mon- the monorail and change the monorail and go to Epcot and walk all the way through Epcot and come back to Boardwalk. But like that just did not seem like it would work well. So I think that actually worked really well. Uh, so we had breakfast and again, it was good. Our server was not great. My food was made wrong. He forgot my drink. Like he was he was not just amazing, but he was very kind. And the, the food, I was very pleased with the food. I thought it was really good overall. Yeah, I did too. That was um, one of the more like one of the more interesting breakfasts in terms of just not having like just standard breakfast fare, like yes. having some more interesting dishes. Yeah. Like I got an omelet that had goat cheese and spinach and salmon or something like that. It was really, really good. Yeah. And I got something, it was called like Poseidon's Trident or something, which actually came with like a, a trident in it. I thought it was funny though, because they had to take it back to the kitchen. So they were like, you can take a picture with it if you want, but we have to take the trident pack. <laughs> uh, but it was basically like a breakfast calzone and it was really good. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yours looked really good too. And the kids were happy with what they got. I thought the character interaction was also really good. So this was Rapunzel, Flynn Rider, Ariel, and Prince Eric. Mm -hmm. And they were all great. And we had a little junior encyclopedia of characters that we were using as an autograph book. So it was nice to be able to get all of those autographs. Yeah. I can't believe you haven't mentioned that yet. But yeah, um, 
this whole time we were, we're getting autographs of all the characters in this book. Yeah. And it was really cool because we had bought a set of colored Sharpies and anytime we were, you know, going to get an autograph, we let Madison pick what color and she would usually try to like pick something from what they were wearing or whatever. Um, so that was pretty cool. Yeah. So we gave the kids a choice after that of, did they want to go? Because our reservation was at like 1050. So we finished up right around noon and we said, did they want to go straight to Epcot and spend the afternoon at Epcot or did they want to go back and take a nap? And they wanted to go straight to Epcot. We should have made them take a nap. Yeah. In retrospect. Although they may have just come back to the room and not taken a nap like they did most of, most of the days. So who knows? Exactly. Yeah. And it's not like it's exactly easy to get back to the hotel from there. So it was fine. But the afternoon was a little rough. But so we did go ahead and go into Epcot. We um, we met Jasmine. We met Anna and Elsa. We met Mulan. We met Daisy Duck. And then we used some fast passes. We rode Spaceship Earth, Frozen Ever After. And then we had dinner at Akershus, which the kids were really, really tired by then. Mm-hmm. And we're like, just like wanted to run around and we're just kind of grumpy and didn't want to eat anything. So that was a good dinner overall. But yeah, the kids were definitely like a little aggravated. Yeah. And our server there was awesome. But even even with him being awesome and like really trying to interact with with Madison, she was just in such a bad mood that even with uh, the server, like really trying to, to kind of interact with her and cheer her up, she was still just having none of it. Yeah, I will say that we ate at Cinderella's Royal Table on the last trip. And I had a reservation to eat at Cinderella's Royal Table this trip. But most of the characters are the same between the two. There's um, Belle is at Akershus and Jasmine is at Cinderella's Royal Table. But otherwise, Cinderella, Snow White, and Aurora and Ariel are at both of them. So I canceled the Cinderella's Royal Table reservation and I'm glad I did. And I think I would probably on future trips like maybe kind of switch off and like do Cinderella's Royal Table the next time and then do Akershus the next time after that. Like I would not do both of them in the same trip. Especially with Akershus only being one dining credit, I did think that it was um it was a really good use of a dining credit compared to Cinderella's Royal Table, which is two. Yeah, I I I did not think that Cinderella's Royal Table was worth two last time. Yeah. Um, much this was a much better deal and the food was really good i thought i would have loved to stay for illuminations but the kids didn't get a nap so we did end up leaving which was a little sad because i won't get the chance to see illuminations again with it ending this next year so that was disappointing but it just would not you know we had to get back and start packing and everything and it just was not worth doing that so yeah so yeah, so back to the room. Uh, so then the next morning, that was our last day. So we got up and we did have um, breakfast reservations at Chef Mickey's at 945. So we got up and just kind of packed as much as we possibly could because we knew that by the time we finished up at Chef Mickey's, it was going to be like almost 11 o'clock, which that's the checkout time. So mm-hmm. we tried to just kind of like pack everything that we possibly could before we went down to breakfast. And I thought breakfast was really good. What did you think? I thought it was good. Um, the bar there, because that, that's one of the um, buffet breakfasts, and they have such a huge variety and so many things that look so good that I, even having gone back to the to the buffet like two or three times, I still didn't actually try everything that I had wanted to try. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely have just like a huge selection of all kinds of stuff. So that was that was definitely really good. And I mean, the characters are always great. Yeah. And like you had said at this point, you know, Eleanor was really into the characters especially Mickey and Minnie. So so the, the Chef Mickey's characters were perfect. 
Yeah, because at Chef Mickey's, you get to meet kind of the classic five. You get to meet Minnie, Mickey, Donald, Goofy, and Pluto. So yeah, so that was really cool. So when we were done, we actually got somebody from Bell Services to come up and help us get all of our luggage downstairs. And it actually worked really well because the resort airline check-in line was insane. So resort airline check-in is where you can, anything you want to check to your final destination, even if you're not taking Magical Express, as long as you're using a participating airline, which most of them are participating, you can check your stuff there and not see it again until baggage claim when your plane lands for your last flight. But that only goes through noon. And with checkout time being at 11 a.m. and that going through noon, you know, it's like right at 11. And that line was just like crazy town. So that was a little frustrating because like we wanted to get to the park for one last quick park day. Right. So we're having to like deal with that madness. It was nice that because Bell Services was helping us, they were like, hey, like we're just going to take these bags and like go ahead and put them up where they need to go so that you don't have to like hold them. So, you know, we were like standing in line, but they had already moved our bags and stuff. So that was fine. But yeah, so we dealt with that. So then we went to Magic Kingdom and we did have a couple of fast passes. So we were able to ride Little Mermaid one more time and Dumbo one more time with our fast passes. And those were the only rides we were able to ride because once again, it was Saturday and Magic Kingdom was a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, so we got we just grabbed a quick lunch at Contempo um, in the hotel, grabbed Magical Express back. Our Magical Express time was like three hours and 20 minutes before our flight. So we were there and headed back home. And it was nice because we landed about seven o'clock that night and it started snowing in the Raleigh area about three or four hours after we landed. So yeah. uh, we got back right in time. Yeah, just in time to not to deal with like delays and, and whatnot. Yes. Yeah, cool. So yeah, so that was our trip. It was lots and lots of stuff, but it also flew by very, very quickly. So I don't know how that happens. Yes. I can't believe that was an entire week. Because like, as we were living it, it was just like every day, it was like, how, how is it possible that we're like this, you know, we're already a day closer to the end? Yeah. Well, cool. Well, I, and I agree with you. Like, I, I think that just overall, this trip went so well. Both kids had so much fun and were like super into the characters and super into, especially with Madison, super into the rides. Um, I couldn't have been happier with, with how well they both did. Yeah. All right. So a couple more questions here. I, I know we talked about the contemporary a little bit and we've talked about how great it was being so close to the Magic Kingdom. But what were your o- other and overall thoughts about the contemporary? So I like the contemporary overall. The service itself was great. There were a couple of issues we had with things with the room and with our like Disney accounts and they were able to resolve them like really quickly and easily at the front desk. So that was really nice. The room itself was nice. I really like that they have the day bed and the crib that they brought us was actually like a real crib, not just like a pack and play. It's like a collapsible crib, but the sides were metal and it had a crib size mattress. So that was actually really cool. Yeah. The contemporary is loud. Yes. This is one place where I will agree with you on something being loud. (laughs) Yeah. So there's the monorail going through the resort, which is cool. And like, this was one place where it was actually kind of a drawback that we were in a tower room because the monorail, they started up at 630 in the morning, which I know because starting at 630 in the morning, you hear the like ding, ding, ding of the monorail downstairs, which for somebody like me, who's a very light sleeper, that woke me up every single day. You also hear the fireworks, which it was actually kind of cool because even though we didn't have a theme park view, we had like a lagoon view. But when you went out of the room, we were at the far end of the resort that faces Magic Kingdom. So we could actually open our door and go stand on kind of like the 
breezeway sort of thing that looks down into the middle of the contemporary, but you could look out the side windows and see the Magic Kingdom and see the fireworks and stuff. So that was cool, except for when I wanted to be asleep or when I right. wanted the kids to be asleep. And like there were nights that Madison could hear the fireworks and she was like, Mommy, I'm scared. I was like, I'm sorry. Yeah. And then there was also that like boat show that happened, whatever it's called. Yeah, the like electric water pageant thing. Yeah, which, uh, every night. I don't understand the point of that. I don't. I don't know why it exists. Like it's the weirdest thing. So that was like that was really strange, honestly. And like I'd heard of it, and I was like, oh, that's gonna be really neat to see. And then I look out, and I'm like, that's what that's what this is. Yeah. So that was like that was strange, but it was it was really loud. So I would definitely stay there again. But it was not ideal. Like there's definitely some drawbacks to it. The food options, like obviously you have Chef Mickey's there. You also have the Wave, which is another table service restaurant, which we didn't eat at that, but I've heard very good things about it. The Contempo Cafe, I was actually a little disappointed in. Like I've heard some good things about it, but every time we ate there, the food took forever. There's like a crazy long line to check out. And I don't know, it was just like, it was a lot, but you just can't beat the location walking distance to magic kingdom direct access on the monorail is is really good so yeah. um, i think next time i would probably look at bay lake towers or consider actually getting a room in the garden wing yeah cool yeah and that that pretty much mirrors my thoughts too the only other thing i wanted to mention is that i found the bathroom fixtures in the contemporary to be really obnoxious yeah um uh, they basically have these like huge wide like really shallow sinks yeah totally agree yeah that was really weird Cool. Uh, and so also, what was uh, our impression of using the dining plan? So this was our third trip using the dining plan. We used it on the one with the kids last year and the one just the two of us. I honestly think this may be my last time using the dining plan. If you do the math, you very rarely actually save any money on it. Um, the only time you're quote, quote, saving money is if you order the most expensive thing on the menu every single night, and then you're technically getting more value than what you paid for it. But you know what? Sometimes all you really want is a salad. And if you had just paid for that salad out of pocket, it would have saved you a whole lot of money. Right. So I don't think it actually saves money for the most part. And I also find it stressful at times trying to manage like, what should we use our snack credits for? And, you know, I'm, I'm like trying to really like maximize that. So, you know, if we're getting three different things and I want to use a snack credit on one and pay out of pocket for two, their register systems don't seem to support that. So they have to ring it up separately. And then, you know, I go to buy something and they're like, oh, you're out of quick service. I'm like, what? I didn't think I was out of quick service yet. So just like trying to manage all of that is just really hard. Yeah. And I like the convenience of paying for it ahead of time, but I don't think that weighs in enough anymore. So I think that's I think this will probably be our last trip using the dining plan. Okay. Well, aside from probably not using the dining plan again, are there any other things you've learned on this trip that might make us do something different in the future? Um, I think what I would do differently next time is not plan a park day on our departure day. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. We didn't want to even getting to do very much, and it just added a lot of stress. It did, yeah. And, you know, like I said, the lines were long with airline check-in and everything. And, like, we just really wanted those to be a lot shorter because we were, like, trying to get to the park. And it just it added a level of stress that we didn't need. So I think next time I would book earlier flights because our flight wasn't until 530 because I wanted to give us time to be in the park. Um, so I think next time I would just book an earlier flight so that we could just get home and have a little bit of time to like crash and hang out with the dogs before, you know, we had to just like go to bed. Exactly. Yeah. That's a good idea. What about based on this trip? Are there any tips you would give to a first timer? I would say look at the add on 
options that you have for your trip and see which of those make sense for you because I think they can really, in addition to giving you really cool experiences, they can really make your planning process easier. So like the things we added on, we did the dessert party, we did the Christmas party, and we did the early morning magic. All of those were extra things that we added on and all of those in various ways made our planning process and our touring process easier. So like if you're stressed out about the idea of doing fast passes because you know, like your kid really, really wants to ride Slinky Dog Dash and you don't know if you're going to be able to get a Slinky Dog Dash fast pass, look at doing early morning magic on your trip because then you don't have to worry about that. You don't need fast passes for anything in Toy Story Land. And it just, you know, it gives you that experience. If, you know, if you want to see the fireworks, but, you know, your time to see them is really limited and you're not going to have time to like park yourself in front of the castle and get a really good spot, look at doing a dessert party so that you get Mm -hmm. a reserved spot for it. You know, some of these things, yes, they're expensive, but you're already spending a lot of money on your trip and you don't have to add a ton of them. On top of that, it's not like you're missing out if you don't do them. You know, I think there's kind of a misconception sometimes of like, oh, if I don't add these things, then I'm like somehow missing out on stuff. But I think there's a lot of value in like trying to really kind of maximize your time by taking advantage of some of those events. Absolutely. I I mean, I'll just say that I think that that, you know, two hours or whatever it was that we spent in Toy Story Land for Early Running Magic may have been like my two favorite hours of the entire trip, just because we were able to do so much and ride things over and over again and not to wait in any lines. It was just the best, you know, most efficient way to use our time that morning. And you got to experience this like really immersive land without being immersed in people. Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. You got to like get some space and like really appreciate some of the details and, you know, like have the time to kind of look at them and see the giant footprints on the ground because there aren't, you know, like a thousand people standing on the sidewalk. Right. Cool. And we were actually talking about it earlier today, but uh, do we have a return trip in mind? We do. We're probably not going to go in 2019 just to kind of take a little bit of a break, but I want to go in early 2020 before it gets hot. I don't know if I can ever do Disney again in like the hot, hot heat. I I think I want to hit it up in like February or something. Right. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, successful trip. Thank you. And thank you so much for letting me come on my podcast. (laughs) Well, you're very welcome. (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye. All right. Well, I hope you liked that interview. Uh, I apologize that this episode is so long. I promise I edited out as much as I could. But, uh, you know, it was a kind of long trip and I, I was just incapable of skipping over the details because it really was just such a fun trip. So um, thanks to those of you who stuck with it to the end. That is it for this week. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at mouseandbackpod. Please rate this podcast or leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to the show, but most importantly, have an awesome week. Bye, guys.